0: Welcome back to Blue Royalty, a London is Blue show, as Chelsea women record a consecutive 3-1 win in the WSL, this time away at Everton. Matches after the international break are always shaky, but it was a deserved win, I think, even if it wasn't always the most pleasant thing to watch at times. But I think it's fair to say that we'll be looking for for a bit more improvement once we get it to Paris this Thursday. But... Before we get into all of that, all of the game, to to break it all down with me, I've got I've got the OG gang back wow. together today, guys.
1: <laughs> man, it feels good, doesn't it? We're back.
0: Yeah, this is like some kind of Avengers shit. I don't really know superhero references, but I feel like if I was into Marvel, I would say some kind of cool Avengers, Avengers
2: assemble. Yeah.
1: I mean, the classic line. Yeah, we we got it
0: exactly. There we go. <laughs> um, Nick Volandi, Abdullah, Abdullah, how are you both?
1: Yeah, I'm good, good. man. Uh, wins wins on a sunday i'm i'm happy
2: yeah all good good to see both both teams winning and uh you know just 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 capping off the weekend with that so in a good mood
0: yeah we got to do everyone got to do the double screen one half of each game sandwiched on top of each other today which is uh, always a delight i mean sometimes you know that's the way the schedule goes and you know but I just about followed everything that was going on. Uh, I looked up just in time for Kepa's triple save, so that seemed to be anything was. It was, it was, all, it was a,
1: a lot of coordination between the two. Like, I had the, <laughs> the women's game on my phone because it was on the FA player in the States, and then I had the men's game on the TV, and I was tr- like, it strains your eyes to do that for too long. Like... <laughs> It's a lot.
0: Yeah, I was just grateful they were play- both playing in the away kit because that's what—that's when it really blows my mind. If like I'm oh, watching yeah. two Chelseas in two different kits, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but a couple of things to talk about in this episode, I think. Want to start maybe talking about how the international break might have affected this game? I definitely think early on we looked sloppy. We've got a chat about Penela Harder making her return to the side sorely missed in my opinion. I think we just really were reminded of her of her quality. And I also wanted today give a shout out to Johanna Rittinkanarid because I thought she had a really fantastic cameo. And I think maybe we've got maybe we've got some questions to ask about, about our starting eleven. But before we get into all of that, free word match review. We've got some good ones off Twitter, so I'll give you two a chance to to think of yours, although really you guys both know the score, so you should have come up with yours way ahead of this. But yeah. just in case you hadn't just in case. We've got one from Harry Edwards, Why So Difficult. One from Mega Hearn, Win for Emma. One from Air, eh? At The Righteous Crew, Post Break Blues. I definitely feel feel that one. And another one from Sylvia, Just Getting Started. Positive spin. I like that. I like that from Sylvia. So, Nick, coming to you first? What are you yeah. going
1: with? Yeah, I went, I went, that's for Emma. I mean, obviously, difficult news this week is... Uh, she posted some pretty personal uh, medical updates uh, throughout the week and is, is currently recovering from a pretty major surgery um, as, as it pertains to her ongoing condition, I think it's um, But yeah, I mean, clearly is is the leader of this whole organization, is one of the best managers in the world, uh men's, women's, or otherwise. So I definitely miss her and uh hopefully she is recovering. But that was a fun one for. Her.
0: Yeah, for anyone who didn't know, a statement came out earlier in the week uh saying Emma had undergone an emergency hysterectomy. I myself had a full-on heart attack because I was about to go into the gym and then just got a notification. Actually I got a text from Brandon Busby just saying yeah. statement from Emma Hayes. And I was like Oh my god! What the fuck? Um, but yeah, Emma's taking some time off. Uh, Denise Reddy's going to be taking the the on field decisions. Paul Green's doing all the all the media stuff. So you'll hear us chatting about Paul Green because he did he did the post match today. But yeah, and a wonderful touch from the club, both the men's and women's teams coming out in personalised warm up kits saying "Get well soon, Emma," which I just thought was was really nice from. From both teams, so yeah, hopefully we'll see her back on the on the touchline soon. But it sounds like she's she's recovering well, and and that's the most important thing, obviously. Abdullah,
2: yeah, get three points. I think coming up after the international break, like we said, it's 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 always that post-break, uh, you know, uh, performance. That that's probably the most important one. And I think today was all about getting getting the three points, and you know, Chelsea did it.
0: Yeah. I I agree, you know, if you get it done, you get it done. And to score three goals while you're doing it is not the end of the world. For me, I'm going with Penela's perfect penalties. We'll talk about it a bit in more detail later, I think. But, oh my God, that woman is cool as ice. Mm -hmm. I could watch her take penalties all day long, and she would score every one she took. But <laughs> for anyone who hasn't figured this out yet, we are talking about the game against Everton that took place on Sunday 16th of September in the Women's Super League at Walton Hall Park. A sellout, which is which is really cool to see. It's not a, it's not a big ground. I think there was about 1,600 there, but it's amazing to see teams across the league starting to sell out, sell out their grounds. A 3-1 win for Chelsea. Goals from Panilla Harder the, in the 37th minute and a penalty in the 59th. In between those two goals, Kadisha Buchanan continued her slightly unlucky start to life in a Chelsea shirt, scoring an own goal in the 53rd minute after uh, AKB had made an amazing save and it just kind of bundled in off Buchanan's belly, basically. I didn't mean to make that so alliterative, but... <laughs> and then a fantastic solo goal uh, in the 95th minute from, from neve Charles. So, Abdullah, can you... Run us through the
2: lineup. Yeah, of course. So um, AKB started in goal once again, which was which was great to see after everything. Um, I mean, the 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 image here shows a three-four-one-two, but you know it could have been a four-three-three three, or four-four-two either way. But you had Buchanan, Bright, Perisay, and Magda Eriksson essentially as your as your back line. Um, Fleming Cuthbert harder as your midfield three, with Wrighton uh, Lauren James flanking Sam Kerr. Uh, and then you had appearances from Bethany England, Sophie Ingle, uh, goal scorer Neve Charles, and w- w- we're probably going to talk about Johanna rating Kanarid. Um, as the, uh, you know, with with a very good cameo. So, yeah, that was the that was the lineup.
0: Yeah, this definitely looked to me at least like a a 4-3-3, really. But, you know, as is always the case, these things never quite as obvious as they seem from Chelsea. But Nick, do you want to talk us through some of the the stats? Because I think there's some quite interesting things here, which maybe talk about you know, how Chelsea were kind of dominant, but also not.
1: Yeah. So 22 shots for Chelsea to 10 uh, from Everton, eight shots on target, which is pretty good percentage of total shots uh, to one for Everton, Uh, only 51% possession, um, which, you know, I think you've seen a lot more ball dominant Chelsea teams than maybe this one's going to be this year. So uh, we looked to break quickly uh, and I think you saw, you know, some, some lost possession because of that. Uh, we actually got out past uh, our past accuracy was only slightly better at 83% uh, to Everton's 81. Uh, far less fouls, no yellow cards, no red cards, and only f- only the four offsides <laughs> in this one. Um, <laughs> even though Sam Kerr just loves to live just right on that line. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of an odd one, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I think we were talking about it from an Everton perspective they they did look fresher there's no doubt and i think they were able to spend some of that energy in a in a pretty positive way for themselves
0: yeah and i think the pass accuracy numbers there as well really speak to the fact that this Everton team definitely feels like a team that are on the up to you know be above 80% pass accuracy normally it, when you see chelsea kind of dominating games the opposition will kind of be in the 60s 70s and I think that just kind of tells you that Everton do have a lot of quality players obviously you know they had no Agaby of Jones today because she's on loan from us but Jess Park looks immense and that's because to be honest she was playing WSL football for Manchester City for most of last season so mm-hmm. you know I definitely think it's important to kind of bear in mind that even though this is an Everton team that finished what ninth tenth last season I think we're looking at a very very different team but you know xg from opta coming in at 0.66 to everton to chelsea's 2.3 so it was definitely one of our our best games i think in terms of chance creation um we had the highest xg for a for a first half that we had so far this season and i think given the way some of those opening games had gone in terms of attacking that was kind of a welcome welcome improvement oh and just a note on frank herby as well not in the squad uh because she she had a little illness and i think the club basically looked at the PSG game and said, we don't necessarily need to drag her all the way up to Merseyside. So fingers crossed, that's just like a precautionary thing and, and we'll see her in the week. But we are going to take a quick ad break. Thanks to our sponsors for supporting the show and we will be right back. All right. As we mentioned last week, we now have our own brand Woo. spanking new blue royalty thing. Themed feed, so if you never want to listen to the guys, you
1: don't have to anymore. I I love that, by the way. That's great. Yeah, (laughs) and frankly, I don't want to either. Um, But yeah, no, get get on over, go search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. Uh, The new feed is up. Go give us a little rating. I uh, listen to the excellent trailer that we cut for that for that feed. <laughs> and uh and yeah, just as a heads up to anyone who's listening, we will continue to post in the London as Blue feed for another couple of weeks before fully moving the show over. There's just gonna be too much football between the all the teams at Chelsea to fit it all in one feed. And so I know that Jesse has some awesome plans for, for more episodes, more detailed analysis on this team in particular. And so very much looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. We are super psyched about this. It's just going to give us more space to put out even more content than we are already. So, you know, if you're enjoying this from us, like make sure you get rating. If you're listening to us in London, it's blue feed, get across and start following us on, on blue royalty because yeah, there's just bigger and bigger and better things to come. Yep. But back on this game, I think we have to start by by talking about the, the international break because I, th- I think you can't look at this game without taking that into consideration. And I always feel nervous for games like these because you never quite know what form players are going to be in. And the early signs, Nick, here were not great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, would, I would not say so either. It, yeah, it just looked very sluggish, very disjointed. Um, you know, I think, I, you know, we, we have a very active WhatsApp during the game, but I think the midfield looked disconnected from the defense and certainly looked disconnected from the attack at times. And, you know, I mean, as as these things happen, Abdullah, the team definitely grew into the game and I think gained confidence. But, you know, it, it just wasn't clicking. And after the week they went through, after not having Emma Hayes on the touchline, like I think you can probably – understand why that would be the case
2: yeah no i i agree and and uh, you know coming back off um you know off, off an effort inside that that you know they've seemingly started better this season they, they 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 look generally better you know it's it's not an easy game to come back into so you can understand with everything happening together the opposition in mind that everything wasn't going to be as as smooth as it could be but yeah i think i think Uh, in in spurts Everton did well to kind of disrupt um disrupt Chelsea's midfields particularly I think I think there were times where um they looked overloaded there were times when you know players tucked in and 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 they looked a little bit more um assured of themselves but it was very uh, it was a very up and down uh performance in terms of the cohesion between the thirds and and I think um once you once you have issue but if you can if you can get a win Despite that being there against an opposition like this, and I think you've come away doing well from there.
0: Yeah, obviously you just kind of touched on it there, but feeling like we looked disjointed. Do you think we we should just put that down to tiredness, or do you think there was something tactically not quite right there?
2: No, I, I think I think it can be put down to to, to a bit of tiredness because it's been working. For the most part in the last few weeks right i mean i don't think we've complained too much about the midfield particularly we've been talking about combination play but we've not been talking about how there's been a the complete overrun um in the majority of games right i mean we've i think we've all pretty much established that Erin Cuthbert sitting as the Divas midfielder seems to be the first choice and she's doing a pretty good job and, and today it just felt like she was like maybe half a yard behind again, tiredness going on international duty with Scotland could play a part Fleming was going forward and I think what Everton did was look at that and go alright, we're going to try and take advantage of both the fact that they're playing with a double pivot uh, of, of those two and take advantage of the space that probably Fleming would leave and at times maybe Kasper would leave when she steps up forward a little bit and and comes down to tiredness. I don't think it was too much of a tactical issue, at least specifically in this game for me, um, because I think, just you mentioned in the WhatsApp group, whenever, um, when Lauren James did tuck in and become like the third midfielder when Penelahara was, you know, was much much more forward as a third attacker, uh, Chelsea made a couple of really good chances right at least especially in that first half uh, but it was just on in transition I felt like the, the midfield double pit was a little bit slow and that's where I think um, Everton managed to to do well because at times I saw it, I mean there was a like moment in the first half two, three times where it just looked like a 4v2 and I'm like when Everton had the ball on a 4v2 in transition that's, that's a recipe for disaster
0: Yeah I've done a kind of touch on that there Nick but like for me Everton wanting to be in possession at points, it did feel like it was benefiting us. There were these moments where we were able to turn the ball over in, in our defensive third, but they'd almost left so much space. We were just able to run and run. I mean, Sam Kerr's offside goal, which I actually thought looked kind of tighter than the the commentators made out, but, but whatever, but that was just a great example of like Lauren just running and we were able to like do two passes and Sam had like a tap in. So what did you kind of make of that? Because we know we sometimes struggle in, in low blocks. Is this something that's kind of good for us, maybe if more teams are going to give it a go?
1: I think so. I mean, I would much rather see uh, your Frank Kirby's, your Sam Kerr's, your Pinilla Harder's, and Gero and all of our attackers running with space than running into a brick wall and having to find the inch-perfect pass to to score. I mean, if you think back to the the Champions League run we went on a couple of years ago, um, we played a lot of teams who wanted the ball, and we ended up counterattacking brilliantly against those teams in a lot of cases. And so I think it plays some of the strengths of our, our, our forward line. I think the question is whether we have the right midfield combination right now to always deal with teams having the ball. And I think that's where we might have struggled a little bit today. It was a little lightweight in there. Uh, clearly some fatigue issues, but I think that's – that's the one area. If you're going to give up possession, you have to be able to win it back and then spring the counter-attack. And we didn't have the exact right ball all the time.
0: Yeah, we should say, actually, I don't think we've mentioned it on the pod, but Melanie Loipotz obviously has had her baby. So the the countdown could be on for the, the return of Loipotz. I noticed she's in, she's listed in our Champions League squad. So Chelsea clearly mm. thinks she might play in the Champions League at some point this season. Mm. Who knows? Who knows how long that will be? But one thing I, I wanted to ask Abdullah is... You know, lots of these players went away and played a lot of minutes. Erin Cuthbert's an amazing example, right? She's had, She had a bit of a shit time, she had to play 90 plus extra time, then she played 90, she didn't qualify for the World Cup, then you have to come back and you're straight back into this. Three or four days of training... Then I looked at a player like Neve Charles who came on at the end. She didn't go away with England. She scores this amazing solo goal. Bethany England did this tweet after the game saying, spent 10 days of 1v1s with you in training. It's paid off. So proud of you, Neve Charles. Should we be looking to start players who who have been back
2: at Cobham you would think that makes logical sense right they've been they've been at the training ground they've been training they're a bit fitter they're a bit um well I say fitter but a bit more uh, they're less fatigued I'll put let's put it that way they're less fatigued they've they've been raring to go and and I think for players like that they want the opportunity to show that look we we've we're here we're ready we want to go and we want to put it and I think Neve Charles the, the only thing that you know someone like Nie Charles could have done was did exactly what she did is come on make a lively cameo as the JRKs, you know we'll, we'll get on to later both of them came on and and impressed in their own ways I mean Neil Charles's goal was was pretty fantastic I mean if, if 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 Bethany England's tweet is anything to go by then then we know that being at Cobham they you know she's been practicing that specific move you know over and over again for the last 10 days and and it, and it came it came through so you know I, I I would look at looking at starting to rotate the squad. There's a lot of football to come now and I think maybe rotation is gonna start playing a part now more than anything else, especially with the Champions League coming in midweeks and and other games. So people like Neve Charles and and Canarid possibly need to start getting a little bit more game time and getting infused in in, in, in the system and the squad now.
1: I I mean I couldn't agree yeah. more. I, I'm looking at that that bench today. A lot of those folks seem to maybe have a little bit fresher legs um, than those who are just coming back from the international break. And, like, Charles, for example, could have easily played left back today um, and maybe spelled Magda for a little bit. Or you even look at Beth England. You know, Sam hasn't been scoring a lot this year. Like, why wouldn't we potentially play both of them up there up top? You know, I'm just kind of, you know, I'm playing Monday morning quarterback here, but, like, the it would seem that there's – it's potentially still a trust gap if they're not, you know, after that international break, after maybe some of the disappointments from from some of our international folks, like that, you you would have to think that those players are ready to come in and make an impact. And the freshness that that Charles showed on that run is exactly why I think that. Like she just looked like a different kind of level of speed when she when she entered the game. So I don't know. It's a little it's a little difficult to understand because you're most likely not going to play them midweek against PSG right? You're probably going to play your starters, so I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's a problem with when the international break comes though as well because I also totally understand why you've kind of had these three games. You're trying to get your your team in what is a new formation. Players are playing in slightly different positions. Everyone goes away and then on Thursday, you've got a really important Champions League game. So I can see how you'd also want to be like, well, actually, I really kind of want to use the Sunday to once again... Oh yeah. You know, like rep all of that stuff.
1: I mean it I, 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 I see it. I mean it's it's also the I think the the down factor of losing against Liverpool in the first game. Like unless Arsenal lose in, in an upcoming game, you're gonna be chasing probably for the rest of the league season if you're really serious about you know that that sort of uh that sort of competition. So I mean, it's it's just a, kind of a difficult spot for the team to be in. I mean, I'm, I'm proud of the resolve they showed today because I think uh, a mentally weaker side probably concede a couple of goals and go down in this game, but uh, they certainly were able to come through and, and kind of put this one behind them and now we don't have to go back to Liverpool the rest of the year.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got all our trips up to Merseyside done and dusted already, so that's good, I guess. But one... Key change that there was to the starting lineup, although not necessarily a, a surprising one, but was the return of Penela Harder. Obviously, she got injured in the warm up of that Liverpool game, but did get some minutes for Denmark during the international break, which I actually think worked out quite well for us. Got a good hour today. Good day out for her, I think. Nick, she got the highest individual xG total for a Chelsea player this season, helped by a penalty, but one point four four. She probably could have had a a hat trick, really, right? <laughs> If not more,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think four or five, probably. I mean, we were, we were joking at halftime that she finished the the hardest of her chances in the first half, but she had a couple of cutbacks from I think one was from Girl, one was from Sam that were just brilliant, and all she had to do is kind of not put her full weight into it, you know. Um, she blazed a couple over the bar there, but yeah, I mean, I mean, she, look, she's a A whole different class of player Uh, and you saw her operating in all sorts of different spaces today abdullah i mean this was not kind of a set position day for penila harder it looked like she was kind of rotating around and just causing chaos which is uh, a good place to be
2: yeah absolutely and i think that's similar to the um to an extent to the Pinilla we saw you know in in bits last season when she was when she was at her when she was at her best and 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 again i think this is the role and and the position that i think penila harda enjoys the most where she can play start centrally but she's got the freedom to move around and kind of play in the pockets play in the half spaces and uh combine up with with a lot of the wide plays i think the number of times we saw her kind of start deep peel out onto the left and as she comes into the central areas because when she plays the ones who would say go right and were, the number of cutbacks from girl riding into the path of Pernilla Harder or anybody else running on was was unbelievable. I mean I think it was in the eighth or ninth minute when there was a girl run after a one-two with with Pinela. Jesse Fleming leaves it and then she, you know, Pernilla harder places it over the bar. I mean that sort of combination was probably on display and a lot of that came from the fact that Pinilla dropped deep, started the play and then basically wanted to get on the end of it. And then her presence in the box I think is 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 I think is a huge miss for Chelsea because usually when it's Sam Kerr up front when you've got the others playing there everybody else kind of wants to maybe create more maybe go out wide and try and do all that and you only have Sam Kerr really in the box or the late run from a Jesse Fleming but when you've got Peniela in there you, you almost have a guaranteed extra uh, player in there and with her movement especially defenders can't even lose sight of her for like half a second because if they do she's already dropping into half a yard back and then she's suddenly made 10 yards of space you know two three yards of space and you know she scores so yeah I, I really like this position for Petela and for someone coming back from injury and playing a few minutes for for Denmark I mean it was a, it was a really good performance.
1: Well, one other thing that you notice with with Harder too is when she does get the ball in the box I mean she's so technically gifted that it changes the way that defenders move toward her so like you see some defenders like drop off completely and just try and block a shot or a cross with their with their body some try and get tight and then that's a recipe for disaster but she draws people to her so there's room for other runners on on maybe the other side and i think that's a really key contribution that probably goes unnoticed is that her close control is just insane
2: yeah and i think she was she almost felt like she was one step ahead of everybody else in this game specifically like i felt like out of all the midfielders even chelsea uh, included she was one step ahead so like you said if, if the defenders dropped off or they went tight she because she's so good in that close control and close quarters she's able to make smart decisions and then someone like Say, say for example, Jesse Fleming would benefit so much because when you've got in a central area someone who's taking up three defenders, well then Fleming is equally as technically gifted and and intelligent to be able to take up the larger space that that she's left in the box. So yeah, it's 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 a very underrated uh, under underrated part of her game, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think actually similarly, you guys talking about that has made me think a bit about Sam because. Like I would say I've been fairly critical of Sam's start to the season. I don't think she's been great. I don't think she looks confident. You can kind of see her starting to rush things. I think I felt that today and I was like, you know, you can chill out. You can take the extra touch. But I do think also the reason why there was so much space for those cutbacks was because also Sam Curd, like does a similar thing where she's occupying defenders and and that's why then you mm-hmm. get the opportunity even even with harder's goal and i do think harder in the air is very underrated she does score a lot of headed goals she's she has that ability to kind of ghost in and out of play but again like you're not necessarily thinking as the everton defense oh i need to keep an eye on harder you're probably thinking oh i need to keep an eye on sam kerr if that like first time cross is coming in from guru right and so i think this just kind of shows right how even when it can feel like the light is shining on one player in an attacking sense it's not necess- it doesn't mean that other players aren't aren't doing anything
1: well and and we haven't we haven't played with harder Kirby and Kerr in the same lineup this year yet right so I mean you think about the way that all three of them can do that, and then you add Guro who had from for my money the best game today and the way that she can deliver service and do those overlapping runs i mean it 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 will be an impossible task for some lesser teams to defend against once all four of those players are, are humming at the same time. You add Lauren James into that mix, who can one on one almost anybody, and has just as good a close control, I think, as maybe Fornilla does. Like it, now you're dealing with five. It's absolutely nuts to think about the prospects of how this team can evolve.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, hard is obviously second goal is. Was- was the penalty, which is the fourth we've been awarded this season. We've been we've got one in every single game we've played. Um, the the record for a single season is six, which City did in, in 2017-18 and Everton did in 2018-19. But I've got to assume we're, at this rate, we're going to smash that out of the water. Blow we've by it. Interesting, <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough, had four different penalty takers. So Fran scored against Liverpool, Marin against Man City, Lauren missed against West Ham, and now we've had Peniela score against... Which is just, like, ridiculous depth. Absolutely ridiculous penalty-taking depth. But, I don't know, for me, is that, like, she's just so cool when she steps up to take a penalty. I was reading about um, Ivan Toney and how he takes his penalties because, obviously, he's scored something crazy, like 25 out of 26 or whatever. And England are, you know, talking about taking him to the World Cup because he's such a specialist. And it was all about how he just, like, is so cool and just really takes his time and waits for the goal to go. And Peniela Harder did exactly the same the same thing today and oh, i mean i said it before but like she's just ice cold isn't she
2: oh it's, it's chelsea seems to breed ice cold penalty takers uh, it seems i mean Jesse fleming's another one that we can add to the list of penalty takers eve perisse can take a penalty as well so you could probably have like 8 9 of the of the, of the starting 11 take uh, take penalties and and any one of them can score no but i think um Peniela is amazing. I think that sort of technique is so difficult to pull off because you've got to hold your nerve till the very, very last second before the ball is kicked. And you've almost got to play like, you're going to have a Mexican standoff with the goalkeeper. Are you going to blink first? Or am I going to blink first, right? And um, Peniela just has this aura about her that I think keepers are just like, they're, they're no matter who they are, they're going to blink first for the most part. And she just makes it look so easy. It's, it's, it's like... Um, it's almost like a bit more of a... I almost feel like it's a bit more of an assured version of the Jorginho type penalty where he does wait till the last second, but you just feel like with her, it's just got a little bit more control, a little bit more power uh, to it. But maybe, maybe maybe that's just, you know, but I think she's uh, unbelievable at penalties. And I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a blessing to have seven, eight, nine class penalty takers in the squad because you can never have enough.
1: Are, are you saying that we could go deep in a penalty shootout to win the Champions League? Is that, is that what you're saying?
2: Uh, technically, yeah, if it comes that, down to it.
1: Is that, is that what I just heard out loud from you? Hmm.
2: I mean, is it, a, is it a bad thing? If we have
1: that many no, just in case. Cer- certainly not. No. There you go.
0: I will say I don't know if I could cope with that stress no. personally. So no,
1: I, the I, stress I is for I,
2: us is a different story, but you know, if it does come down to it.
1: I, I can't I can't deal with penalties, man. I, I have, I have to look away. I can't even like watch them anymore. It just it's soul it's soul destroying for me.
0: Yeah, they're too much. Let's just win the Champions League in normal time. That'll be fine for me personally. But <laughs> Um, Yeah, some nice quotes from Panela saying uh, you find how how much you love playing when you when you're away from it. Obviously, coming back for her first Chelsea game this season, and, and a kind of nice touch as well because Brian Sorensen, the Everton manager, was one of Harder's first coaches, so he had some nice words to say as well. Panela is a quality player, and that finish at the back post—that's just world class. But again, we know that we know that those are the areas she wants to go into. I think she made a difference to them today, especially also with her movements off the ball, which. Pretty much summed it up as well as I could. So it's good to know that we think the same things as as the Everton manager. But we're going to take another quick break. And once we're back, we'll be talking a little bit about Johanna Ritting kannered All right, a player who we've not really spoken that much about this season because she's not necessarily played that much. And I think when she has come on, I've not been blown away. But today I thought someone who who made a real difference was Johanna Ritting kannered And I think this is interesting because... She changed the way we played, and what I'm intrigued to talk to you guys about is how much attention should we be paying to this, because she totally livened up the right-hand side of the pitch, just dribbling so much more directly, whereas Lauren James, Abdullah kind of talked about it earlier we'd been using her to cut into midfield. So it was a totally different direction. She was coming really interior. And at points that kind of helped, you know, especially with the midfield overload. And maybe that was why we were doing that because Everton kind of had these wing backs as well. But I felt like Kanarid stretched Everton a lot more, Nick.
1: Yeah. I think much more of a traditional winger. I think probably the fastest player that we have. I mean, I don't know straight line 40, like what it is, but it looks quick, like really quick. And, I think I don't know. It, I, it's an it's a problem for the opposition to solve, right? Is is this kind of right wing conundrum? Because Lauren, you could make an argument; has been our best player so far this year, um, but clearly has a more like close controlled dribble mindset. Isn't gonna beat you for you know all sorts of pace. You know, is quick, but is is not you know. I wouldn't consider like fast fast. Canarid is fast, and I think wants to do more of your traditional run down the wing, cut it back, sorts of movements, maybe take a player on on the touchline and blow by them and try and make some sort of cutback. For me, anyway, that's what I'm seeing. So, I mean, if you can find a way to play both of them on the right side, I think you have a real problem. But then you I don't know who you're sacrificing in that sort of moment or if they just are situationally dependent in future matches, Abdullah. I mean, I think you might just have to look at the the sort of fullbacks that you're playing against and figure out which one's going to be kind of the better fit on that right wing
2: yeah I think you touched on it there I think it's definitely situational I, I, I like Kanarid but I don't think that it's 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 going to work <clears throat> in every game I think some games are going to require a Lauren James type performance and some games are going to require a Kanarid type performance and I think uh, a lot of times we see players like Kanrid do a lot better when they come off the bench against tired legs obviously because they're playing for 60-70 minutes you know fullbacks have to then watch themselves and come up against a completely different proposition different type of profile of player and so they have to then adjust to the way they were playing before and that kind of cha- cha- changes the whole game plan um, with with Kanrid I think I think there's going to be some some gains where i think when chelsea maybe don't are going to be playing a lot more transitionally going to be playing a little bit more on the break you're going to need that sort of quick pace because then it matches the guru right and pace on the left hand side and both of them can can stretch teams and, and really play both on the inside and outside especially in the final third and you know i i like lauren against a team that maybe in the beginning you're 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 coming up against a team that's going to be sitting back a little bit more you're going to need close control to kind of get out of those tight situations and once the game starts to open up like it did today, a Kanarid comes in. So I think the perfect combination is maybe not, okay, this player has to start every game or this one has to start every game. It's situational. And then you interchange them through substitutions depending on the game state and kind of where where you're going with it.
0: Yeah, I think something I would be interested to see is maybe for Kanarid to start, but not necessarily sacrificing Lauren James. Like I would be interested to see what maybe a Lauren James, Erin Cuthbert and Panilla slash Fran midfield look like. I think the question mark you have is, is James going to kind of do the dirty work that, that Jesse Fleming clearly does. But I think the way Lauren James holds onto the ball really maybe suits more of, of playing that interior role. And that's naturally why she, she's drifting there. She's always kind of described herself as a 10 and seen herself as a central player. So there is an element where I'm like, oh, we're just kind of trying to fit a round peg into a square hole or whatever the phrase is. Definitely the wrong way around. <laughs> um, but in terms of, you know, trying to make something work where maybe we do have a more natural right winger. And the other thing that I think would will be, will be interesting, and Nick, I don't know, you made it this, I, I've kind of heard mixed things about this player today, but how that might impact Paraset's relationship with whoever's in front of her. Because I feel like some people had good things to say, and I didn't think she played badly, but I can't say I really noticed her, which to me is not a sign that you played well. And I I think maybe that's because with James cutting inside, you were kind of asking her if she was going to get forward to cover that entire flank, which was kind of unrealistic.
1: Yeah, you, you put her into a lot of 1v1 situations today because... Yeah, you know, there were sometimes that you know Lauren has done the dirty work and tracking back and making tackles, recovering the ball, that sort of stuff. And then there were sometimes, you know, be honest that it doesn't happen and then it puts a lot of pressure on Millie if you're in a three and today Paris said if you're in in the four. And yeah, I would agree. I wasn't like overwhelmed, I don't think, but I think the back line in general had a bit of a a weird day. I mean, it was not that's not a vintage performance. <laughs> By by the back line everything, I, I think you pointed each one of them, Abdullah, and they all had moments where you're like, eesh.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think I think the back line didn't have um, the best day today. And, and I honestly, I can't even I, I don't even know what to pinpoint it down to. I mean, I think Buchanan is still adjusting to life as, as a Chelsea player. Millie seems to have to then take the burden of everybody else around it, because now you've got Magda who's playing two positions on her left and then she's got to take care of the two new players on her left and on her right immediately so that puts more pressure on Millie to kind of have to control them and I think that's what it's going to come down to and I think that will take a little bit of time I mean if you're changing almost two key players in the back line it becomes a, a problem but if I can offer um, a theoretical solution to playing Lauren James in the midfield with uh, Penelah Hada and Aaron Cuthbert I was just thinking about it when you guys were saying it and Jesse, you on time brought up Paris eh? You know, if we want to play, uh, if we want to play Lauren James in the midfield three centrally, and then you have Kanarid out on on the on the right hand side, there is an argument that you could almost play say still as the right back, but ask her to come play as part of the double pivot when they're in position higher up the pitch. Then you cover the central areas, and you allow James to kind of maybe drift out to the right hand side and play you know wide or a century and give her a little bit more of a free roll and she maybe has to do a little bit of dirty work forward but then you still have someone like Kanarid who can sorry not canneret you can have someone like say come inside and kind of give you a little bit of defensive stability and not to mention on the left side you've got Magda already again coming in to make up a three at the back so you can almost kind of shift your right back into midfield you still have the three at the back Guruk and then has to you know drop in and out and so you can keep making these sort of movements and i think to me that kind of still goes into the whole positional rotation that the team likes to do and you allow maybe another player to take a step forward and be a bit more um uh free in the final third
1: i mean can you do that against a good team though I mean, I, I, think I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't, like, you
2: can't do it against PSG. I agree. You can't maybe do it against a PSG, but maybe against an Everton, like when you want to maybe free up more players to go forward or someone lower down the table that's a little bit more stubborn. Maybe you could try that and see how, how that works.
1: Here, here's what scares me right now: is Magda is not a left back in a in a in a really difficult game against a quick opponent. I think she has looked a little bit out of her depth in that she role. She looked cooked say. and like well. Just, and,
0: Park, put her on a frying pan and toasted her, basically.
1: But she's not a left back. And so they're asking her to do something that is just like inherently, I think, kind of past her skill set at this point. And the difficult thing is, I think we all expected Buchanan to come in and just lock up the defense because she is a really good defender. But I haven't been overly thrilled with her performances this year either. And so I think it puts you in a weird spot that you have this amazing you have some of these amazing acquisitions in Paraset and Buchanan and now you're trying to figure out how to like fit Magda right into the into the middle again maybe and maybe give Buchanan a week off to think about it or you're going to play her in the Champions League maybe try something weird at the weekend it's just we we have a squad imbalance problem we until Melly gets back uh, we have a really difficult scenario because Look, Guru's not a defensive wizard. She's she's not making up the ground defensively right now to to really spell Magda in that role. And so you're asking Magda to do a lot of one-on-one defending against quicker players. And there have been multiple instances this year, Jesse, where that's just caused us a lot of problems. And then it shifted Buchanan over, and then Millie's come over, and then you have imbalance on the other side. So it's it's kind of an issue.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a case that Magda's not a left back because it obviously is a role she's played on and off throughout her career particularly for Sweden but I do think there's something in that there is certain types of being a fullback that Magda is not and I think yeah in terms of that 1v1 versus quick opponents she's not going to be able to go toe-to-toe with them in in a way that you might expect from a really like top level fullback to go and do, but I also think the other problem with that sometimes is it doesn't feel like Buchanan and Eriksson quite have their who goes who stays relationship entirely sorted out because I think you even saw this in the City game which I actually thought you know that is like for me that is what you hold up and you say Magda can play at left back. Because she was going up against Chloe Kelly and Lauren Hemp and she was fine. But the problems again there was that if Buchanan was taking the step forward, sometimes she would get turned and then Magda's like looking over her shoulder and she's got to go back. And I think you saw kind of similar things today. And and equally, like, it doesn't necessarily... If Buchanan's on it, it doesn't necessarily have to matter if Magda doesn't quite get it right 1v1 because there was a case in point where Jess Park went past Magda and Buchanan puts in an amazing recovery tackle but you need both of them to be in sync to make not. it work. And I think the and they're not right now. And then I think the problem is, as well, is because Magda's then club captain, if you were really going to ask me, like, ignoring status within that team, who I'd play as my back for for the PSG game, I would put Jess Carter at left back. Like, do you have someone who just showed themselves to be, like, one of the r- best defenders in the league last season and she's not played a minute so far and I think that's because it's kind of like what you're saying Nick about the imbalance in the team Chelsea want to play all three of Bright Buchanan and Eriksen but
1: well we don't have we don't have wing backs I mean that's the problem (laughs) we haven't for for some time then then you're trying to basically figure out how to attack with those five that we talked about earlier if they're all healthy and you're leaving poor fucking Aaron Cuthbert in the middle of the field doing everything by herself. and you're gonna get cooked against better teams doing that, Abdullah. I mean, it's just like it's a recipe for disaster if especially if Buchanan doesn't have like a ten out of ten performance, which he certainly hasn't.
2: yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree and 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 you know with the way the way the the defense is so shaky right now, you wouldn't want to be you wouldn't want to be testing that out and going then. I mean, you look at the other wingback options there are. you got Neve Charles. Jess Carter, um and and you could or you move Perry Say to to left wing back and it's I mean, it's not like there are amazing defensive or balanced options rather in there, you know. And you know, I, I like Jesse idea Jesse's idea of just throw in Jess Carter to bring in a little bit more solidity in there because of the way the team is playing, it's it's not like they're they're not I mean, yes, they're not leaking goals left, right, and center, but it's it's not like it's the greatest defensive performance ever. So I mean it doesn't hurt to go and shake it up a little bit, try something else and bring in players who are hungry to play. I mean Jess Carter, I'm pretty sure after the probably what the most improved player of last season would want to come in and say, look, I, I'm still I want to move, improve more, be that player. And the amount of times we talked about the fact that if you need someone to just defend and really keep it tight, you play Jess Carter. Wherever. It could be it could be center back, it could be a fullback, a wing back, whatever. So I think it goes back to the original thing we talked about: rotation, bringing in the players, get them fresh, get them in the system. And I think maybe it's the time for the defense really to to maybe change it up a little bit. Well,
1: and I, I'm a little worried. Like, unfortunately, and this is you know Buchanan's new to the team, right? But she was the marquee signing that we made last year. This is unforgiving. This schedule that's coming up, right? She is making a ton of recoveries right now from from errors. And, like, she has the athleticism and skill to do it. I just worry against some of the better teams. Like, if, if form continues in the way that it is, Jesse, like, then, then your Magda problem and your Millie problem is very apparent to me. Like... There's She took, like, three or four runs out with the ball today, lost it, and then they had to, like, fill in for her. And I was just like, oh, like, that's not going to cut it against better teams.
0: Yeah, and Millie had a, a similar thing as well. You know, Millie put so many mm-hmm. passes just into Everton players today. And, yeah, I think, I mean, I think really all you have to do, with say, with individual errors is you kind of need players to get their heads together and sort it out, you know, because those kind of things, that's not a system problem. That's like a Mm decision-making problem. Like, when are you releasing the ball? Who are you passing to? Like, do you need to make the harder pass? You know, why, if you're Millie Bright, are you looking to ping balls into what is quite a congested midfield if you've got paraset standing to your right? So, and I don't know, like, how much the Emma Hayes effect, like, plays into that as well. Like, you know, that's a woman who's normally standing on the sidelines yelling, yelling.
1: murder
0: at you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Denise Reddy is no wallflower, that's for sure. But I think it would be silly to not think that that does have an impact on the team.
1: It's also like, you know, new relationships, right? This is us not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. These are Paraset and Buchanan are two really good fucking players. Like, and they will... Uh, get much better than they have been to this point but it's just again when i say it's an unforgiving schedule i mean that the, you play psg on on thursday right so this is something that has to get resolved in the next couple of days if you want to go out and, and have a chance to, to start the the group in a really strong way and you know again it's you're asking two players who played in different systems over the last handful of years to come into the system and immediately gel with two established centre-backs, one turn left-back now. So it's like, I don't know, there's there's some inherent risk in what they're trying.
0: Yeah, and that, it wouldn't be a Chelsea team if they weren't going to try something totally different for a new (laughs) season. Because Why keep the system that just won you, you know, two out of three major trophies, (laughs) domestic trophies last year. But anyway, down of the match, let's finish off this on a positive note. I I'm going for Panela. Maybe I'm biased by the fact that she scored, but I just thought sh- her creativity was like a real breath of fresh air within within the squad.
1: Man, you guys are shortchanging Guru. I I thought that Guru was outstanding today. And like you know, maybe not showing up as the goal scorer, but uh, some of the overlaps were really, really crucial. And at a time where we were struggling to get out of midfield, uh, provided a phenomenal outlet on the left uh, to get forward. and so i I have I have Guerreau slightly ahead.
2: yeah, don't worry, Nick i got I got girl right written there as well. I'm, I'm I'm in your camp. I think she was uh, her runs on the left. and I think more than just the overlapping runs was the intelligence of picking the right ball in that final third. I think that was what stood out for me, especially in that first half the number of times, Uh, you know she could have just aimlessly crossed into the six-yard box and be hopeful no but the 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 thoughtful cutbacks and and you know specifically placing in different areas and you know doing that she's kind of become this this super dependable player that almost gives you an eight out of ten every game now you know you got you got those players who are like six or seven out of ten solid every game that won't let you down i think is one step better where she she, more often than not she will give you an eight plus out of ten every game and her performances and her her impact on the game is so noticeable every single time that uh, you're never worried. You just put her left wing back, left back, left wing, and she will. Do- and it's and teams see know what she's gonna do, but she's so good at manipulating them and and just slightly adjusting her game within games that it it becomes so difficult to mark her she's so quick off the line she's got burst of speed so i I think guru was once again fantastic
0: yeah i feel like she's a bit a victim of her own success she's currently coming third on on, in our twitter poll (laughs) but i do think it is when you see a player doing such good stuff week in week out you get distracted by the shiny things like harder coming back into the team but (laughs) yeah until neve charles scored the ridiculous solo goal she did Guru had assisted every single goal we'd scored from open play this season so uh, obviously getting another assist today and also then winning the penalty too so yeah but, it, but she, is she, she any good she certainly didn't have a bad game <laughs> <laughs> she certainly didn't have any bad game but as we've kind of mentioned throughout the pod we are we and me Chelsea Football Club and Jesse Park Humphreys are off to Paris this week to watch the Champions League or play I'm going to watch and um, Which I think is going to be a really tasty game, and I'm quite nervous about it. (laughs) But then we've got potentially even a harder game coming up, guys. Sunday, the 23rd of October. (laughs) Yeah, that groan from Nick Mullaney says, oh, we are going away to Brighton. (laughs) I've actually, I've I've gone undercover, guys. I've interviewed Victoria Williams this week, Brighton centre-back to try and find out where this this Chelsea curse came from so everyone can keep an eye on my Twitter to see if there's any additional insight uh, ahead of that one. Um, And then we've got Vlatsnia, Villa and Man United as our our run of three games after that. How are you guys feeling about about PSG?
2: Um, 50-50? I don't know if that... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. 50-50, I guess. PSG. I mean, I'm not saying PSG have been amazing either this season. They've lost key players themselves, but you just can't underestimate a PSG team. Like when it comes to the Champions League, they actually do, at least in the group, in the initial stages, they do show up and they do come up decent against big teams. So I think it's definitely one to be wary of. And if Chelsea can come through this game with a win, um, I'd be pleasantly surprised because i think psg can cause uh, a lot of a lot of issues
1: educate me where where is this being played is this uh, in, park, in, in is, paris yeah right is it Parc de prince or Not is it park
0: de prince no no, 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 no. no. it's at the, the like smaller ground
1: okay interesting hmm yeah i i don't know i think if you get a draw you feel really good about it
0: yeah i agree i yeah. think i'm glad i'm glad it's psg before real madrid because I'm more scared of Real Madrid. But I think, yeah, to get a draw from, from PSG away would be would be a good result.
1: Be real neat. But, yeah,
0: yeah we'll, we'll see. I'm scared of Lika Martins too, but let's not talk about that right now. Uh, quick look at the rest of the results from this weekend. Yesterday, West Ham beat Aston Villa 2-1 in what was truly a, an unexpectedly wild game. If you guys War. haven't seen... Oof what went on yesterday i don't even want to spoil it for you i just want to say you have to watch the highlights from this game uh because wow um manchester united beat brighton 4-0 perfect you know brighton's defense they just could they did not turn up this game at all which means they are definitely set to look great next week City finally got some points on the board against much tipped to go down Leicester City, winning 4-0 at home there. And Tottenham beat Liverpool in a very dull-seeming 1-0 win at home. Reading play Arsenal tonight. So by the time you listen to this, you all know what happened. But right now, we are all just saying, come on, Kelly Chambers. Uh, That leaves us... Currently, we are sitting in second because Arsenal haven't played yet. So United are top, three wins from three, nine points. We are also on nine points, obviously having played four games but lost one. Arsenal, we'll see what happens, but I would be surprised if they weren't going to the top of the table later on. Um, And Aston Villa obviously lost their unbeaten record as well. At the bottom, Reading and Leicester are the only two teams still not to have won. So, guys, I think that just about wraps it up. Any last thoughts? prayers hopes <laughs> just, yeah. just a
1: just a big get well to emma um yeah the the team is also very fun to play with in fifa 23 so if you haven't done <laughs> that yet highly recommend
2: i need to get it all right i need to get it yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm off to a, a little launch event for that this week so that Ooh, should be should nice. be some good fun um so i'm, I'm fancy. not really a fifa head but i'm intrigued to see to see there's a very odd lineup of players you've been he have been put forward there, but I'm hoping I will get to see Sam. And then I can say, Sam, sort it out, gal. <laughs> but,
1: also, also, come on the pod, Sam. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, come. On, that's what I'll say. Um <laughs> Yeah, we will obviously be back. We will be back in to review the PSG game once I've got back from Paris. And then uh, we'll do some chat after Brighton as well. But last thoughts are make sure you are going over to Blue Royalty and subscribing and rating and doing all that kind of stuff we'll be back to talk to you later in the week but until then Chelsea fans you know what to do keep the blue flag flying.